Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. What is up, guys? <laughs> so it's Wednesday, February 14th. It's Valentine's Day. So today is all about the love and spreading good vibes. And with that in mind, I have a big ask for you all. So right now, before we get into the podcast, I'd love for you all to just take a second and help me share the love. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a super supporter, I'd love for you all to just take a screenshot of this podcast right now and post it on your social media. Tag me if you can. This will be the best Valentine's Day card I will ever get. I love this community and I would love to give you all a virtual high five and blow you a kiss today or tomorrow or whenever you're listening to this episode, keep them coming. But yeah, so for Valentine's Day today, I uh, I want to give you guys like a virtual hug. That would be amazing. Anyways, that aside, now let's get on to the good stuff. <laughs> In today's episode, I have a very special guest who has been a very big teacher in my life. His name is Dr. Kelly Dell, and he has quite an impressive bio. Kelly is a mental performance consultant who helps people strengthen loyalty to physical activity. A former university lecturer, Kelly holds a doctorate in population health and a master's in sports, physical activity, and health intervention. He has recently launched the website www.physical.com fitbyfeel.com and also has a book on the way this summer entitled Feel Like It, Makeover Your Motivation to Move. Ah, feel like it. I love that title. For anyone that is interested in health, fitness, or finding out the secret to achieving a healthy body and mind, this is the podcast for you. Okay, here we go. Okay, Kelly, welcome to my living room. (laughs) Or is it the dining room? <laughs> well, I think it's the puzzle haven. <laughs> it is puzzle haven. So um, today I have Kelly Dell, Dr. Kelly Dell, um, in today, who has been a serious influence on my life. I mean, we I was thinking about this um, the other day. We met in 2007? Yeah, 2007, 2008, in there. Yeah, in there somewhere. And it's I was, so far... <laughs> away I've forgotten the exact date it like that actually saying the date makes me make, makes me feel weird because it's been 10 years since I've yeah, known you 10 years 10 years holy shit see like that time flies wow um but we met in the capacity I was coaching the Ontario freestyle ski team and you were assigned to uh to work with me in the psychology field um yeah. through the National Sports Center of Ontario Right? Yes. That's correct. Yes. Yes. And that first year, I mean, I learned a lot about coaching. I kind of feel bad for you because at that point in my life, I was in a very bad place. <laughs> I must have been I must have been a piece of work. <laughs> it, it was an interesting time for sure because I think if you look back 10 years now and yeah. knowing you 10 years and knowing how you've sort of evolved and your podcast is a great uh, a timeline of that evolution yeah. and knowing you at that time and hearing how it's gone since then it's been amazing and I do recall yeah. uh meeting you in back then 10 years ago and having some really interesting conversations about you know, where you were with your your former like your 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 ski career and then yeah. transitioning to coaching and where it's yeah. going to go and lots of things going on and so it was a very formative uh time for you I, it sounds like but it was also for me because of all the stuff that I was um that was going on with me professionally as well. Yeah, that's it was it was an interesting time too because I and what I really actually liked about our partnership was um, the National Sports Center Ontario um, assigned you to our team, I guess mm-hmm. to put it bluntly. Um, however, it wasn't necessarily to work with the athletes directly; it was to work with me and provide me the coach with tools, which I thought was really cool. So I 
I was a little bit resistant to that. I was like, why do I need to learn sports psychology? You know? Um, but then once we started working together, I started to really like love your vibes and your message. It was awesome. And then after we uh, sort of parted ways, which we can talk about later, um, we kept in touch, which is really cool. Mm. It was cool. Well, and that's it, it's a testament to how important that time was because as much as um, you're describing that I come in and I'm, I know I'm giving you these things, I learned so much too because the coaching, and we'll get into this, I'm sure, the coaching, uh, a good coach is really about establishing really good relationships and, and uh, you were already very good at doing a lot of those things. So I learned from that and I use that information whenever I work with somebody, I use what they are going through and, and the lessons they're pulling out, I use that and I bring it forward to my next sort of endeavor or my next assignment and that sort of stuff. And so it's, it's an, it was an interesting time because we now like we're sitting here 10 years later and you're saying like, <laughs> this is really, you know, that time was really useful. But I'm like, that was as useful for me uh-huh. as it was for you. And in fact, it's really impactful for how I work with people today. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's been a funny ev- evolution and it's, I mean, it's been great to have you still, uh, in my life in this way it's it's been fantastic so uh, but yeah 10 years that's a long time that's a yeah, long time ago that is so cool I love that that's that's really cool um and it's perfect that you're available to come and chat about this evolution so let's get into it so anyone that's listened to my podcast um I did one early on in at the beginning about um fitness and how I feel with fitness. And that was one of the most impactful things that you taught me um, and, and, and showed me. It, it was, you taught me, but you also showed me um, and helped me to organize my feelings because I didn't really necessarily know what I was feeling and why. And you, you kind of put a language to it and a belief behind it, which was very cool. So um, why don't you talk about your profession and what you're passionate about. Well, just like you in, you know, talking about evolution from where you were uh, in 2007 and probably, you know, if you date back further, how you were as, you know, when you're going through your um, athletic experiences too, my career has evolved too. I was um, primarily committed to sport and higher performance and particularly in the developmental um, phase of athletes uh, progress. So, you know, we're talking younger athletes and you being a coach of the, you know, the provincial team is sort of a good fit. And that's how I ended up there. Okay. Uh, but since then, my beliefs about um, sport, physical activity, health, exercise have, have evolved in a way based on a set of experiences while working with the ski team, but also afterwards. And my philosophy has is sort of changed. And so now my interest is, is primarily on um, health and fitness, primarily because... It's such a great domain for exploring a part of the human condition and learning about ourselves in a way that almost nothing else can really teach us because it's such a, I mean, you know, this is a, as a high performance athlete and we, we talked about this as, um, you know, a coach consultant relationship. How do we get an athlete who's learning something new, you know, like an arm position? How do we get an athlete whose arm needs to be tucked tighter to their body on a rotation to feel and to know where to put that 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 arm and so we talked about well we have to teach them how to feel we have to yes. teach them the skill of how to feel where their body is yes. and when you're learning new things in sport particularly this is a big part of how you get better at things is to know your and you know they call it as kinesthetic awareness is one of the the phrases but I was working a lot with uh, you on that feel part and how do we get athletes to feel the way they need to feel when it matters? And also how do we use the skill of feel to help them refine their skills so that when they, you know, it's time, it's showtime that they are at their full potential. And Okay, so you're talking about feeling like physical feeling in the body as well as emotional feeling. Yes, I so think that's a, a great two, way. Yes, so the physical feeling and that that technique I guess um that you and I worked on it was hard for me to pick it up because I always associated movement to thinking about what you're doing instead of actually tuning into your body so I mean I remember us doing exercises where we were just walking and feeling the bottoms of our feet and what part of your foot hits the ground first like it's not something that I'm aware of but if I asked you to walk on your tippy toes so I mean so 
Some people can't actually do that Mm -hmm. properly because they don't know what it feels like. So teaching them that, that's, it was so interesting. And I believe that it gave me an edge in my coaching, especially at that age. And I can't remember if I use this example, but I use it quite often. If people are like, well, what's the skill of feel? Everyone has a signature, right? Uh, do they? Do they? People still use this? I'm, I'm assuming everyone has a signature. So you have the pen yeah. in your hand and you do your signature. And it's fairly automatic, right? Yes. I mean, if you're sure. an adult, you have an automatic um, signature. So the idea of feel is like, if you think about your dominant hand that you do your signature uh, with, that's that's the, the, the hand you do it with. You think about your left hand. If In my case, it's my left hand. So you might be different. But uh, and trying to do your signature left-handed or in your opposite hand, your your non-dominant hand. What is the difference between those two experiences? It's very different. Um, And one of the ideas that I often talk about is like, well, can you get your right hand, so your dominant hand, and I should use that language, to teach your your non-dominant? So can you teach the feel and the rhythm that you've got for your signature that's automatic, that you've accumulated over the years? And transfer that to your non-dominant hand. And so this is one of the most basic exercises I use as an example. To say like, well, you can't really think your way through that. It's very interesting. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I so if that. you think about all these complex things, we're in the, the Olympics. The, the, the Olympics are going on. So all the complex uh, actions everyone's got to take and, you know, big moments. And this is all happening very automatically. And they kind of do it by field. There's not a lot of thinking. In fact, thinking would be something you'd rather avoid Absolutely. Like, especially in moguls, like you, you can make, you have a few thoughts that go through your head, maybe in the course of a run, like it's happened so fast. You need to be, have that instinctual, um, muscle memory, whatever the the word you want to use that feeling you have Mm -hmm. to know already. It's it. You have to have your dominant hand like in, in in game, in game mode. (laughs) That's right. It's all about, yeah. Get letting that dominance kind of come out and you, and that can be trained. And I think what we talked about, and this is what I've I often talk about with athletes and I still do when I work with athletes <clears throat> at this point, we are trying to get people to think about what's not, what's really not feeling like a, a smooth signature and move it to that. And it's like that feeling of, and as a coach, and this is what was really unique about our relationship is like, you're able to see in a very technical sport, you have like to, to one of your skiers is like, you have to have your arm here. Yeah. You have, this is how the technique is judged. You have to have it here. So I'm your eyes, and but you have to be able to feel it. You have to be able to feel it. So you have to translate what you see into a kinesthetic awareness. Yeah. So that then when they're you know they're hitting the last jump, that they have some sense of where to put that, and and particularly when you get down to game time, that they've done it enough times that there's like it just happens automatically, and that's yeah. more a process of feel and good coaching will do this than it is of uh, analysis and, and thought. Yes. Um, especially when you get down to, you know, trying to peek at the right time. And once, you know, it's like I, I watched the, the, the moguls and Kingsbury's yeah. run. Yeah. Michael Kingsbury's. And, see, and it was just like flowing like water, you yeah. know, fast, fast yeah. like water. And you can't help but watch him versus some of the other competitors. And some of them didn't, you they could you could tell they just didn't have a feel for it. They didn't, weren't feeling it. And it was, you could see it. Even as a bystander, you can yeah. see the difference. And that's something that I've always tried to help develop in athletes and now I'm, I'm I've evolved this my, my work to in into health and fitness into other areas because physical activity whether you're a Olympian or you're you know someone who just goes to the gym these are great uh, forums to teach about feel and I'm really of course very uh, uh, I'm very passionate about this topic because I think it's a great teacher for a lot of things in life and it happens just from the the, the physical activities we choose to do or activities we get into that maybe we shouldn't uh, do okay so let's talk about so so you started off with high performance sport yes and it has evolved into health and fitness and and now this whole concept like you just said the everyday person i mean i relate to it i'm an everyday person Mm. (laughs) and I, i i'm looking for inspiration to go to the gym to be maybe not go to the gym for me per se and we can talk right. about that too but like maybe it's just to be a healthier version of myself take care of myself so let's let's tap into that so the average person feeling what what how do we how do we tap into that well as you know the, the 
physical activity in general is just a great, it gives you all this feedback all the time. And, you know, I'll take a, a small step back. Even when you talk about, you know, athletic performance and it's talking about the, the technical execution of a, a jump with a tuck of the arm and how do you feel that? This is about a relationship. This is a relationship that yes. the athlete is trying to develop and hone with their body or a specific body part. Um, and so I look at fitness not as what I think today's culture has made it out to be, or let's call it even branded, that it's a series of goal achievements and outcomes or even how you look or, you know, yes. that sort of stuff. Yes. I mean, how much you bench press or all these types of things, all these sort of outcomes. I see it as a relationship. And what is the, the natural question as well, a relationship with what? It's a relationship with how it feels. And that is essentially a relationship with the moment, the moment that you are in in doing the thing that you choose to do. And oh, I love that. Fitness is a relationship. Right. And I'm thinking about that in my brain right now and I'm I'm like, it totally is. Well, I'm in a relationship with like running and skiing a hundred percent. Well let's 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 break that down. So you talk about the average person. You know, there's I don't know exactly what I would even describe as an average person, but let's put them into kind of like these general categories just for, okay. for the sake of relationship yeah. yeah so you just talked about skiing i know you've had skiing in yeah. your life forever so you have this it's it's your bestie right <laughs> right you, <laughs> it pretty you use, much is yeah you use that uh that term a lot in your podcast so your yeah. besties jen and amber right yeah yeah <laughs> anyway so i'm uh, you know and so it's like you're you've got this really strong relationship marriage with that where it's you're loyal to it um it's your go-to thing you love it there's a love there and and then you've got these other things too but a lot yeah. of people aren't necessarily in that loyal relationship yet. And I say that yet because they can get there. And they're more in the uh, single and searching category <laughs> where, you know, they go, they play the field, the fitness field, but they kind of uh -huh. like, ugh, they're just, you know, they're discouraged. And Or you're in another category, I'd say, is, is sort of like the, the divorced person. Who uh -huh. You've been in it for a while, but you, ugh, it doesn't, it falls apart. And then, you know, or, or you have another, even, uh, uh, another kind of group of people who keep on going back to their ex and we know how that kind of works out. <laughs> so it's like, you know, that's, this is it's the best analogy I've ever it's heard. The, it's the, it's, you know, I'm talking about you're, it's the person who every January gets another membership and goes to that same treadmill at the end of the line. And I'm, this year's going to be different and it's, uh -huh. and, and nothing changes. Uh-huh. Um, and so if I, if, if you take that kind of analogy and you break those people down a little bit and you think about them a little bit more, you think, well, what, what really separates this people like you who've got this relationship with this, this loyal relationship versus the people who are kind of toiling. And the one thing the fitness right now, fitness culture really says is the difference is oh willpower, discipline. Yeah. You, you know, you, you suck it up, you go out and do it. And if my experience, and this is right now the core of my work and it's a big part of the the book that will be coming out is I've talked to these loyal people and I've asked them questions and of course I'm asking questions to do with feel and, and that kind of experience kinesthetic awareness all that sort of stuff and people are telling me that they don't the thing that drives them isn't necessarily that well of course every once in a while you'll have some willpower like okay I gotta get up and mm -hmm. go you know yeah sure but they never it's it's not the core thing at all it's the love it is how the thing, their favorite thing, makes them feel when they do it. Yes. So for you, and uh, and I know you well enough, yeah. the adventurous, outdoorsy, natural in nature feel to that, yeah. uh, you know, amongst other things, is something that you keep going back to. You can't live without it. Yeah. So when you're away from it, you miss it. It's got this magnetism. Yeah. So how do we learn from that and bring it to these other relationships that people have? The divorcee, the yeah. single and searching. What tends to happen in, in those uh, different scenarios is that people chase a goal. They start off with a goal. The goal. The, the goal. Gotcha. The goal. The, the, goal. the one question that the fitness industry is just completely married to is, what is your goal? And I am uh, critical of that as a starting position. Absolutely. And you were the first person that actually put that in my brain, too, like, the goal, like talking about the goal and what what that is and what that looks like and how much value and you know, we're very loyal to the goal. Anyways, okay, sorry. So you have, I'm no doubt you've had goals and you you sure. have goals, you yeah, have goals. Sure. But you know, love leads for the loyal. You know, well, that kind of that rings pretty well. Love leads for the loyal. Uh, goals are something that they can put on top of 
that. You know, it's like a it's like a side dish to the relationship. It's not the relationship. It's not the uh, purpose. It's the love. And you add the goals after. Well, when you walk into a gym, and I have to give a little bit of quick background. I used to work in a you know consult with a gym and. Uh, and I, every single new member, particularly ones in January would come yeah. through the doors and I would sit down with them and I'd ask them questions and I'd, I'd sort of interview them about their fitness history and they would almost all come into the gym ready to talk about goals because that's what our culture is. Yes, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And the more people that I talked with, uh, uh, the more people I interviewed in this case, I started kind of understanding it's like, well, how has that worked in the past? How is coming in January, and I use that just as a very specific example, how is coming in January with your goal worked out for you in the past? Well, it really hasn't. Like, so how long do you usually stick with your routine? A couple yeah. months? Or it's Valentine's Day. So yeah. I, I, part of the reason why I'm, this is a great conversation about love is Valentine's Day is that, you know, they have yet to have a, a loving relationship with fitness enough because the goal tends to be blocking it because people are focused on something external, something in the future, rather than finding something that they really like that is worth going back for tomorrow. And mm-hmm. the one thing that kind of separates these loyal people, if, you've, if we break it all down to like the very, very basic um, uh, motivational state is the loyal people feel like going back. They feel like it. And more than the people who don't. And so my question was, well, how do we get people to feel like coming back? And that, and that amounts to kind of like the questions we were just talking about before was, well, how do they want it to feel? And how do they want it to feel? That is in that, that's a question that you asked me a lot, um, back in the day. And I didn't know, I didn't know. So so when I first asked you that question, what would have been your first reaction? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, the look on their face is yeah, enough the look, of a reaction. Yeah, you yeah. Look, yeah, exactly. And then, then you, but then you start to ponder like, oh, that's a really great question. And you start thinking, how do I want to feel? Well, uh, for me, I like to feel um, like powerful and um, in like pushing myself to the limits. Like I like that feeling. Mm-hmm. I like feeling like I'm on the edge and then... Yeah. And adventurous. I see on your your board here, you have the word adventure (laughs) with mountains and trees. And this is pretty cool. Yeah. So like, you don't think I didn't notice that coming in. (laughs) Um, Because that's also one of like the, the, it's a, it's a a common uh, uh, attraction for, for people is that sense of adventure that you get. And obviously outdoor stuff, which you're very attracted to is, is something that brings that out. And so you're right. You're absolutely right. When you ask the questions like, Whoa, okay. Is it in there? Like, Oh, you just ask, how do you, I want to feel? I'm like, Oh, that's problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely not. And the fact that people had that, have that reaction and I'm sure people who are listening to are going like, Oh, I don't don't know how I want to feel. Or maybe they've got a little sense of it, but they're not sure. I started to, um, trying to help people answer that question for fitness particularly because yeah. that was the kind of the context. And this is where my, my career track sort of shifted because this was a fascinating process for me. And I just follow, I'm a geek. You always say you're a geek and it's like, well, let's, you know, we're not going to compare here, but I've, <laughs> I've pounded this into the dust of how, you know, cause I was so interested in it, but I started asking, um, uh, people how they want to feel and they didn't, they were unsure. And so I was, how do I help this? And what they needed is a little bit of a language to mm-hmm. put to how they wanted to feel. And, and so I was like, how do I do that? I started asking people who are loyally active, like people like you, mm-hmm. and a lot of people, uh, you know, what is the favorite thing that you, you do and how does it make you feel when you do it? And this sort of themes came around and it's like, oh, and, and when I was at this particular gym, I started off with this sort of concept of like, well, let's see if we can connect people uh, who walk to the gym instead of asking them about their goals Let's just focus on connecting them with things that they're most likely to like. And to do that, we need to know first how they want to feel. Yeah. And then what sort of things in the gym feel that way. Absolutely. That is genius. That is so genius. Okay, so what happened? Well, when I first started this, and this this is in its infancy, it um, it worked exceptionally well. Yeah. Uh, by all uh, measures, it worked really well. But the qual in the qualitative data, the talking to the members, the people who have had these, let's call them the the, the stop starter, the divorced yeah. kind of cycle relationships, 
they're finding things like, oh, I would take a, a, a you know a yoga class. I've never even thought about taking yoga before. It fits, and like oh, so they were grateful, and they're yeah. they, they were they were giving this this feedback, and so I fed off that, and I I kept on refining what because um, this is just talking about a gym. So I was thinking, but what about the rest of the, not everyone goes to gyms. You're not really as much a gym person as you are a no. skier and whatnot. Yeah. So what about the rest of the world that's out there? Yes. Can we, uh, can we use this idea of finding a fit for people based on feel? Um, can we use this idea and, and connect people with things that they're most likely to like? Because when you have that relationship that is based on, even let's just start, not even loving, just yeah. liking it a little bit. Yeah. That can grow into love and that can change everything entirely. Yeah. And, and completely change people's lives, right? Yes. I've, I've, I've seen that and I believe that wholeheartedly. And it has also for, for me personally. So can we do that? And so this is why I took it out of the gym and I made it something bigger as an idea of, of, of can we help people sort of make over their motivation in a way that allows them to find and then go do the things that they're most likely to love. Yeah. And when we do that, um, great things happen. So it started in the gym and it went this way. And so this is this, this evolution of the, the idea of like, how do you want it to feel? I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's, and I created some of these, uh, uh, let's call them, um, almost like if we take the dating analogy, it's like, what's your type? Yeah. You know? what's, okay. So, so you're doing all this, you're working at a gym, you're studying it. And you, you essentially, I, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. Um, you like revolutionized that, that gym and things really changed for that specific yes. location, right? Yeah. Like the whole study was on why gym memberships were unsustainable or something along those lines. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're putting people in positions where they enjoy coming. They're not just coming for the sake of coming or for society's pressures or for whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. And eventually, like if we, if we boil this down to something that if you see people who are, who, who are struggling or, or you are someone who's struggling, one thing to just really think about is it's kind of like there's this thing like with the five W's of journalism. And so I've, I've hooked onto this idea fairly recently. But it's yeah. like, you know, what you do, where you do it, who you do it with, uh, why you do it, and how you do it mm -hmm. all matter. And, and if you don't like who you do it with yeah. or you don't like what you do or all those things if you if you if a few of those are out, out of whack it's unlikely that you're building a sustainable say system to your to it's your it's not in alignment with who you are and what you want out yeah. of alignment yeah and the only way to really align those things is to pay attention to how things feel and how and versus how they want how you want them to feel yes so this brings me to you've mentioned you know shifting the thought process of fitness from the outside in to bring it the motivation from the inside out yeah and and there's the in the, in the research for all the motivational geeks out there is the it's extrinsic motivation versus intrinsic motivation and so the fitness industry has got extrinsic motivation down pat it's a big part of how the the, the uh, you know the, the consumption of fitness uh, occurs it's it's, you know, we want to look like this or we want, you know, to reach this sort of goal. Well, I got something to sell you yeah. for that. We want to be skinnier. We want to be uh, bigger in some cases. We mm -hmm. want to have big muscles. We want to fit in that dress, be a size 10, be a size 2, and, whatever. And fast. You want and to do fast. it fast. Yeah, you want to do it immediately yep. and have that instant gratification. Those types of things. That's so interesting. Okay, so. And, and I'll one more thing. And, they, yeah. and you want, and, and we're very good at doing things for you know extreme things in extreme ways for short duration but they're unsustainable so even if we do reach those external goals it can be very hard to sustain without something more for me like the inside out to use your word there yeah. something more something stronger that comes from the inside out and that always comes down to well those things that you are choosing to do do they resonate do they are they really an extension of who you are like or do you see like this is part of me as I do these things and that's all in line with like how I want to feel and how I want my yeah. life to feel. And you can teach yourself, like if you think about the, um, the dominant versus non-dominant hand, like we're, our patterns today, if you're a person that's not really, um, that wants to be, become more fit or is having a problem finding something that's working for you, that's becoming your dominant hand. That's becoming what you do all the time, all the time. It's and and to change it to the non-dominant to like shift into um, 
a pattern that works for you, it can be taught. It mm-hmm. can you can do it. I think it's mm-hmm. it's it's very um, it's very cool when you make those connections and you start to actually identify the way you want to feel and then finding things you're like oh well this is this is great yeah well and it's like a shift in mindset because if you're like uh you're talking about intentions right you yes. use this and so the real the, the, the as i see it the the movement from this sort of i'm i'm tapped into this extrinsic uh mindset and i'm 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 you know, which is tends to be kind of I'm self sacrificing. It's like no yes. pain, no gain, no excuses. That kind of no pain, no gain. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. And um, you know, the the shift happens when people can say like, well, first recognize and be aware that okay, this is what, what I'm a part of, and it's not really working for me. But then going, well, what do I, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, replace it with? And that becomes an intentional action. So when you're talking about going down the ski hole, you know, the, the moguls and you're yeah. saying like, well, I have certain thoughts that I want to have. It's not that you're going to be completely thoughtless all the way, although that would be great, but you do put some kind of things in like, this is how I want to feel yep. at the start and you can simplify it. It's things. more like a key word. Yeah. But yeah. it's an intentional Absolutely. path that follows how you want to feel and how you want to attack that hill. Yep. And, and so what I talk about with this idea of the, you know, with feel is to, how do we bring that um, and to make it something intentional part of how we choose physical activity and how we do it mm-hmm. um, and who we do it with and where we do it and mm-hmm. all those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So feel like it. The book. Yeah. <laughs> the book that's coming out in the summer is called Feel Like It. Talk to me about that. Well, whoever uh, knows me closely will know like it's still not done, but it is almost <laughs> done. So it's, it is on the cusp of coming out. So basically... This is a uh, a mashup of uh, my 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 own research. I'm a former academic, and my own field research, which I've kind of uh, been discussing already. But essentially, it's a book that's going to walk people through the uh, sort of the barriers, the cultural barriers, and some of the psychological barriers that come up when you're trying to adopt physical activity on a regular basis. And then I form it as a type of a tale of two mindsets in a way, Uh, a a mindset that is really driven by, you know, this goal question versus a mindset that is driven by something different, which is led by the feel question. How is it you want to feel? And so if you think about, and we touched about this earlier, you know, a lot of people are like looking at fitness from like, well, you know, think about how great it's going to be when it's done. When you're, when, when the workout's over, think about that, how great it is. I know you don't have to, you know, it's, it it sucks, but I want... And when you start looking at the people or talking to people who are really um, connected to physical activity in a strong way, have a strong relationship, they feel like going. That is a feeling. That is something, that anticipation, that excitement, maybe it doesn't even get to that that level, excitement, but they're like, yeah, I want to go do it. Yeah. I tease that out and make that, I, I, I believe, very accessible for people to go in and build in their life. Because if you don't feel like working out, um, it's not... A character flaw. This is not a character flaw. This is not something that is, this is normal. That is, I almost want you to say that again. (laughs) It's true because society teaches us that you're bad. It's almost like the devil and the angel on your shoulder is constantly battling because when you don't feel like doing something, all of a sudden, uh, I think we talked about this earlier, there's a guilt. You feel bad. Yeah. And it's... It's damaging to the relationship. It's absolutely damaging. So we often get into these, uh, uh, these have, have these relationships with fitness that are, um, they're kind of, I won't say toxic because it's too hard, but it's, it's uh, it beca- becomes a, a struggle for people. And and so when you talk, again, I'm, I always go back to the loyalists. Like, well, who knows best than the people who have done been active for years and years and years and with, you know, everyone has hiatuses, but who keep on coming back to the same things. Like, what can we learn from them? And they was like, well... I love this so much and really everyone will say like, well, do what you love and do what you enjoy. Yeah. But what it really does is create this feeling of like, ah, I can't wait to go skiing. I can't wait to go to Tromblon. I can't like, you yeah. I just have that. And that only comes with finding what you love or doing things that you do in a more loving way. And um, that's what the book is really about is doing that. I give some uh, really specific skills and tools for people to do that, but it really will come down to a tale of two questions. It's like, Let's put the goal question aside. So if there's anything that for your listeners who are kind of like, well, where do I start? Put the goal session, uh, the question aside. Yeah. 
and ask yourself, how is it um, I want my fitness to feel? Yeah. And that's a starting point. And you can already feel, feel, when you ask yourself that question, a little bit of shift in perspective on the whole game. And, Absolutely. And that's what I want the book to do. And then, of course, the website, Fit by Feel, is all about that conversation. And I want it to be a resource for people to help transform their motivation to something that is not, like you say, not the outside in that always ends yeah. up in the same place, which is kind of back where you started and whatever, and feeling guilty about it, of all things. Yeah. But something from the inside out that is stronger and sustainable and that you can see yourself doing this not just in 30 days, but in, you know, three years that I can see myself doing this thing because it's so great. And I want to help people. That's my whole mission now is I want to help people get there. So so talk about the psychology behind feeling the way you want to feel. <laughs> I mean, we kind of discussed about um, how when you don't feel like it and uh, you start feeling guilty, the thoughts that come in are punishing, they're damaging, they're harmful. You get into these patterns. But what is, how does, what's the psychology behind? Well, I know from, if I, if I go back to some of the themes that you've kind of covered in your podcast, you talk yeah. about the ego and yeah. your, your thoughts and stuff like that. Um, and I, you know, I mentioned earlier that, you know, feel is really a relationship with the moment. And the one thing that the ego is great at is attacking and just just trying to destroy your relationship with the moment. Yeah. And so like that, you know, whether you're an athlete trying to go down a mountain, <laughs> yep. you know, and you've got to feel your, your edges, you've got to feel, you know, all of these different things that are happening. Well, obviously the thoughts that come in like doubt and, or, you know, you know, any, any, you know, sometimes it's just random stuff that comes out, you know, so these sabotaging kind of thoughts come in, they don't make you better as a skier they don't make people better as an athlete and they don't make people better as somebody who wants to be active on a regular basis and so the ego has a definitely a role in this mm -hmm. and um i love one of the was the first or second i don't know was the first second or third mm -hmm. uh, podcast about awareness mm -hmm. one of the first things that i think is important for people to do and the field question might help people there but really is that awareness of the thoughts that you have about your body, your mm -hmm. fitness that are kind of sabotaging and make you feel guilty about, well, choosing not to be active today, you know, or mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And so the psychology of it is there's, there's several layers to it, but the, 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 the voice in your head versus the feel of the moment is sort of the, the, uh, fault line of all of this. This is the thing that when you get really into it, it's, it's the, the, and those thoughts that the ego often brings into the equation are these cultural thoughts like suck it up. I mean, oh, you don't feel like it? Suck yeah. it up, you know, or, you know, be a man, right? Yeah. Come on, that kind of stuff. And, and they come from somewhere, culture and whatever, yeah. and that sort of stuff. But their whole purpose in those sort of things is to really tell you how you feel does not matter. And when you, when you talk to anybody who is active, for a long time, years, and you, everyone who knows people like this in their lives, they will tell you it absolutely matters. It it's absolutely almost, matters. it's like the only thing or the, the thing that matters the most. It is. And your ego hates that. It resents that idea yes. of connecting with the moment. And so there's some, uh, a whole lot of, you know, you can go down the, yeah. oh, you know, the spiritual realm with that. Yeah. And there's obviously a lot in psychology about the ego too, but it's really about you and that voice in your head and being aware of it. And how being aware of it, that it's really trying to sabotage your connection with the moment. And physical activity is, is so terrific because it, when it really clicks, it takes you into the moment in a way that is almost like it's profound. Yeah. When you have, um, you know, they talk about, uh, like runners will talk about the runner's high or, mm -hmm. and there's a concept called flow for people can Google that if you're unfamiliar with it, but it's a really sort of, a a, a, a really enjoyable state where there's no thoughts, you're thoughtless. And like, how great is that? Yeah. To be able to go and no matter what's happening in your life, you can go on a hike, you can whatever, take the dogs for a walk, you can take the, go for a bike ride and you can just change your world. Yeah. And, and I say change your world. It's almost get rid of the fake stuff, go back to what's really real about being human, which is feeling the moment in front of you. And that's what fitness is such a great teacher for, for that and a reminder for that. And so again, there's a lot of psychology. Sure. It's, it's almost like a meditation in movement where you're really connected and you're grounding yourself and, it, and it's just like the best. Yeah. It's and the best feeling. I mean, a lot of people will do some structured meditation. I've, you know, I do uh, meditation too, but a lot of people will find 
going for a walk, their meditation. Absolutely. Um, And it it can be as simple as that. So let's go into like finding your feel. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, skiing, I skied at a young age. I fell in love with it really early. My family was a ski family. So then I got into competition and, and now we're here. So, um, (laughs) however, my love for running sort of started in a different plane and I think do I still do I talk about this in your book am I in yes am I in this little you story? have a story she's yep. got a, a some of the most important paragraphs in the book because of a, a, a couple moments really yeah in your uh transition from uh you know what uh, like I, I mean I'm trying to get better at running I, I'm, I think I'm interested in it too like all oh, this changed the game entirely for me maybe you can talk a little bit about those experiences but yeah. yes you are in because of your running experience yes Okay, so basically, just in a nutshell, how I found my passion for running was 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 kind of random. Um, yeah, I was trying to run. I was trying to become a runner. I felt like it was a cheap way to work out, whatever. Didn't really like it. But then my brother um, um, was entered into this 10K run in Ottawa here, and uh, he actually hurt his knee. So he couldn't run and he was like, hey, do you want to, uh, do you want to take my bib? Do you want to go? And I was like, well, sure, why the hell not? So I actually, I went, I went by myself. I didn't really do any training for it. And it was just a 10K. I was like, whatever, I'll just do this. I went, I parked, I started and I ran. And along the run, just the inspiration I got, the feelings that I got in this competitive it's not really competitive <laughs> in this in like structured competition, if you will, was just, it was exactly what I needed. And I, I, I remember coming up to the finish line and just having the biggest smile on my face thinking this moment, this running, everyone's cheering. It's me against me. I'm not in competition with anybody, but me, I'm just out here. I'm, I fell in love with it. It was, uh, it was the start of, uh, you know, what's turned out to be somewhat of a long running career. Like that 10K has now turned into seven marathons. Yeah. It's my go-to. I mean, you can base... I'm lucky because I love running. I know a lot of people don't like it, but you can basically do it year-round. It's not expensive. Um, so how do people... How do people find it? So I found it through my family and I found it randomly. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like quick suggestions? Well, that's one of the things that is uh, most intriguing part about all this. When you talk to people like yourself, who've got this love now for you've had for years, and yeah, you know the people for years. If I ask them, and I, I encourage people who are listening, who are like who are curious about this, like take someone who maybe your best friend, who's like that fit person who's been doing it for years. Yeah. Ask them how. First off, what's their favorite thing to do? Ask them what their favorite thing to do that they couldn't give up, and ask them how they discovered it. And you know what they're gonna likely tell you? Well. <clears throat> it happened by accident. Okay. Okay. That moment in the race yeah. was a series of circumstances yeah. that came together and happened by accident. And you're like, wow, and it's changed it. And then some other things along the way too from your story happened yeah. by accident that have since honed your love for, for running. Yeah, you guys got to get the book and read this. Read read uh, read this chapter. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Lessons from the Loyal. That's uh, okay for the heads up. Um. But it happened by accident, and that's part of the story of lessons from the loyal. Is is that uh, the the uh, you know? So you're everyone thinks like well, not everyone thinks, but a lot of people say like well, they kind of just go and willpower their way and stuff. You know, it's like they chose this thing. It's like people don't choose necessarily stuff they love. Just like dating, yeah, they don't go and like I'm going to find love today, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to go and go on these dates or whatever. It's like you you kind of put your feelers out there and see if yeah. something connects and stuff like that. But yeah. A lot of our, you know, even our human relationships, our best friends, whatever, it's just chance encounters. So how do we get over that? Well, the one way to do that is to first, because those chance encounters, what they actually do, they bring you together with something that you love. So if what you love is about a feeling, knowing how you want to feel is the first step. And then it's like, well, what are the sort of things that are you're most likely to like or the things that feel that way? So... What I'm doing with Fit by Feel is getting people to first off find how they want to feel. And it might be actually more than one. Like you fired a few words off. So I've got 13 of them. Okay. And and when people figure that out, it's like, well, what what are the things that uh, um, fit that? And I've got a library of activities that you're most likely to like based on your, you know, for lack of a better term, your field profile. And, and we can find this on your website. 
It's going to, that part is going to be at a later time. Okay, so that is is coming. Okay, That's going to be coming, yes. So that's kind of like, can you filter out all of this stuff? Because the thing about, uh, there's a lot of things we can do other than just going to the gym. Even in, in the gym, there's a lot of things we can do. You know, so there's a, there's, this is, this fitness landscape is just sort of cluttered with a lot of different options and, and it's not easy to find what we like. And so what we end up doing is just doing what, you know, is, you know, the most convenient or, yeah, or what person A tells you or what or, the TV tells us yeah, to go exactly. do, which is go, you know, in January to go to a gym. And so there's a way around this, but it starts with the field question. And then I'm going to be giving you people resources. And I do this in the book too, on how to then go take the next step, next steps, including walking people through even the psychology of trying something new because guess what if you want to feel let's say adventurous is your thing okay that's a big part of your thing if you want to feel adventurous really you haven't been doing you've been going and running on the treadmill for three years every (laughs) but you really have an adventurous spirit and something like uh stand-up paddle boarding would be an adventurous sort of outdoorsy thing you know different intensity than than running but but you're nervous about it. Like I will walk you through, and in the book I do, uh, how to kind of break down those barriers to go and try it. Because the next step is always getting people from where their comfort zone is to trying something and being brave, but trying something that can possibly change their life. And so I talk about that too, because that's a very important part of the process. And so this year in 2018, the rest of the year as fitbyfeel.com evolves, you're going to see a lot of these resources uh, come out and and all trying to get people to really you know rebuild their relationship with fitness I, I love that because we want to live our best selves and healthy body is a big part of that a healthy body healthy mind and having that healthy relationship between our mind and our body is is so important it's so important I couldn't say it better myself <laughs> of course I agree with that <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so before we finish, is there anything else that we've missed here with this? Well, we covered a lot. We did. I mean, we covered a lot. I love the subject. It's it's actually one of my favorite subjects ever. And I'm definitely happy if you if you'd have me back <laughs> to come and talk about any other yeah. area of this because there's so much to talk about. Because yes. and, and I'll say this, it's it's not um, some. It's not a conversation that is just available to, to a lot of people. It's, we, it's true. It's not. And if you even look at, I mean, uh, your Instagram uh, presence is really strong, and Instagram and social media often has a whole another conversation. And, it, and, and at times, it's well intentioned, but it's really hard for people who are on, you know, in that uh, they're in a little bit, they're struggling a little bit. They're trying, yeah. and they see, you know, the images, and they see all this stuff, and and I'm hoping that. Um, some of this stuff will resonate with people so that they say, well, there's another conversation here about feel that is from the inside out. We can start to, to, to have that conversation um, a, a little bit more. And so I, I, I would like all of this to kind of be an invitation to people to join me in that conversation, ask mm-hmm. questions of me. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm, I'm not as exciting to follow as you, <laughs> um, but also on Facebook. You can go to Fit by Feel if you, if you put in Fit by Feel and follow. And the conversation is going to be starting, um, you know, this, well, it's Valentine's Day. It's starting right now. Yeah. So, and, and so we'll talk about a lot of things and there's blog posts and stuff like that. But I want to be available for people just, you know, to, to, to keep the conversation going and know that, you know, I know this is uh, for a lot of people. It's been hard. It is a hard process to figure this out. And it's frustrating, too, because as much as this time of year is, is, is fascinating because we go, you know, we're at the time where, you know, the January rush of fitness in, is now fizzling out. Before yes. Valentine's Day, right? And ironically, yes. Valentine's Day is about love, right? Which is, yes. you know, and, and so I just find like, well, isn't this a good time if, if you aren't feeling the love from your fitness or you're really frustrated and feeling guilty, right? Yes, That's, yes. This is a time not to kind of like wallow in that next, you know, box of chocolates you're getting from. It hibernate. Right? What, yeah, hibernate. <laughs> it's like, all right, there's something else here I, I available here that I want to go and now try. And I, I want that to be, I want Fit by Feel to be... Um, that option for people it's like it doesn't have to end here if you're struggling right now it can it can be just uh you know a little bit of a makeover as i call it a, a, the, the have a little bit of a makeover and you you'll be surprised at what uh, you can do with uh, just a few different questions asking yourself yeah. a few different questions and it's about the questions that 
I found over the years, it's the questions that matter almost more than, than the answers and, and, and changing that mindset towards fitness. So I um, love that. It is the questions, the questions, the questions are so important and being able to, yeah. And I if you that. didn't ask some of the questions that you asked yourself and I asked some of them of you and I know yeah. you asked, and I didn't ask some of the, some of them really weird questions of the people in fitness, I wouldn't even be here talking to you about this because yes. they're just questions that sometimes people aren't asking or they just don't see. And it's, and you'd be surprised at where it takes you. So I hope, how do you want your fitness to feel is the question that gets you curious about what other questions can, can help you go further. Yeah. And where it takes you. That's, that's actually very cool where it takes you. Cause you, you never know. And being open to this concept, I, I don't like to call it a concept necessarily, but it's just something different, a new perspective, a new, you know, vibration to think about movement is, uh, it's really interesting to see where it takes you because you just don't know. Yeah. yeah. And, and the one last thing I'll say for those people who are out there who are kind of, uh, you're, you, you are in a, a decent relationship. Can you make it a little bit better by focusing today if you're going to go work out or tomorrow? Oh, great point. Can you, mm-hmm. can you go and make it a little, bit by, a little bit better than it's been lately by asking yourself, well, is this feeling the way I need to feel or is this feeling how I want it to feel? Yeah. And, and doing something to change that energy. Yeah. Because the more you ask yourself that question as you do it, the, the stronger you're going to develop that relationship. Even if you're kind of like on those days that are like, eh. Yeah, it's not really going so well. So whether you're not working out or you're not being act, you're not active or you're just kind of you're and you are, but you seem like you're going through emotions. There's always something you can do, and uh, and I'm 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 listening to you, <laughs> you guys. I'm 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 very interested in how uh, people progress through all that. I love that. Okay, well, on that note, thank you very much. I'm giving the namaste. Um, Namaste. (laughs) Namaste. Until next time, Kelly, thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Okay. All right, you guys, that is all for today. A big shout out to Kelly Dowell. I really feel like we'll be doing this again. So if you liked this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. It would mean the world to me. I also can't wait to see all of your screenshots up on social media. Have a lovely day, everyone. Until next time.